0: Rewind with Usheen Langan. Coming up, we hear about 42-year-old Mick Lawler's heroics for Emo in the Leash final. And we'll have more from finals around the country, including Cork, Donegal and Kildare. We'll have the Premier League and international football with Paddy Mulligan. And we look ahead to Saturday night's UFC card at the Three Arena in Dublin. Also today, that's Monday, it's been announced that Billy Walsh has left his position as Irish Amateur Boxing Association head coach, Walsh has confirmed a new role with USA Boxing. It's a massive blow to the sport in the country and there's more available on that story on newstalk.com forward slash sport. And if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, you'll hear more tonight from Seven on Off The Ball. It's rugby first for us though. Today we examine Ireland's World Cup quarter-final defeat to Argentina with the help of Joe Schmidt, Rory Best, Jamie Heaslip and Off The Ball's Nathan Murphy, who was at the Millennium Stadium
1: and the Irish players are on their knees and they're on their backs. They are devastated. Ireland have never conceded more points in a World Cup match.
2: Once we were chasing the game, I think at the end, there was always the, the potential for them to, to get a couple of breakaway tries because they've, A, they've got such gifted players and B, um, you know, you tend to force things, you overcommit in places you don't need to, you chance your arm in, in positions that you wouldn't otherwise.
3: I I think we probably just stood off them a little bit and we weren't as uh, intense and the line speed and as ruthless as we were last week. You know, it's hard to know. They took the tries pretty well, but I think from us we'd be disappointed to, to go down 17 points so quickly. Building that scoreboard pressure allowed them
2: a real lift in confidence and, and probably Dented the confidence of, of our group, you know, some of whom they surely weren't overawed by the occasion, but it was it, it, it was a, a very very big occasion for them, and uh, it did make it difficult with uh, with the intensity they started with.
1: Absolute devastation for Ireland. Ireland battered, pummeled by Argentina on the pitch and on the scoreboard.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's obviously very disappointing to lose in such a big game. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't help ourselves at the start, but we, we fought back. We came back in it, um, you know, and, and we just, uh, we gave ourselves too much
0: at the start. Aidan McCullen, former Toulouse-Leinster in Ireland, forward. A simple question to start. What went wrong?
4: Well, I, I think it's more of a question what went right for Argentina. Um, we, we were totally outplayed at the breakdown, defensively, offensively. Um, and it was a banana-skin game, I think, you know, two things. was banana skin. We probably took the eye off the ball a little bit. And if you think about that, what I'm saying is, same as Australia and and Scotland, we concentrated on the French game. Imagine you were in the Argentinian dressing room and you saw this all the time, the cheers. Thank God we didn't get New Zealand. How insulting that feels. And talk about the motivation that gives you then as well to go, we're going to go out and absolutely destroy these guys, get in their face, every single impact was won by, by the Argentinians. I don't actually remember uh, Ireland being dominated that much and bullied at the breakdown as much as they were. And not just the breakdown, but the tackle, every single part. So that, that had a huge bearing. And then the second part was, we talked about this, ocean before the World Cup, that Ireland had a spine that was so essential to be intact and that, that was totally taken away. So the exact players we talked about, O'Brien, O'Connell and Sexton, those guys missing. Meant that Ireland had to recover, and the game was built around the spine. So when those guys are gone, you have to react in a reactive, in a reactive way, and um, you have to you have to play differently. And Ireland had trained to play a certain way, and then they had to play on the fly a different way, and it's very difficult to do that.
0: Even if those guys were there, and I know it's a big what if, would it have made a, a big difference against Argentina, or would we be talking about Ireland? getting through to a semi-final right now or possibly giving it a better rattle than they did.
4: Yeah, well I, I don't I think if the if the guys were there you wouldn't have had that first 20 minutes and uh I, the first 20 minutes reminded me of the movie Gladiator and a spoiler alert for anyone but at the end of the movie there's a fight and he gets stabbed in the ribs before the fight and then he has to go out and fight and that's what it felt like it felt like Ireland were like so take, I, taken away and yeah, then go let's fight now.
0: The injuries were our Joaquin Phoenix,
4: but a bit a bit of that, but also the twenty minutes of non non play and just being absolutely dominated. That that twenty minutes was like it's so hard to come back from that. And I, and I there was some stat that you know no team has ever recovered from a fifteen point deficit. Ireland were I think seventeen points down at that stage, and it's just difficult. I mean, in a game of such tight margins, to give away that much of a score, a lead at the start is. Almost impossible to come back from, and Ireland gave it a great shot to come back from. But even the guys who
0: were there, the replacements, you, you know the likes of Geordie uh, Murphy and Ian Henderson, who's starting mm-hmm. in the second row, who you know who had made an impact in the World Cup, but there was a lot more pressure on him. Surely these guys and the guys around them, everyone would have expected better of themselves at the breakdown, would have expected better of themselves in getting fastball through the hands, would have expected better in tackling Argentina. So it's still hard to explain this Mm -hmm. defeat even with the excuse of the guys that we were missing.
4: Yeah, I suppose this is the way to think of it. That, that your talent and and your physical prowess and how many, uh, is only, only counts for so much but your mindset and how you go into a game and how you play the game is infinitely more important and Argentina came en masse with a mindset that they were going to destroy Ireland and one of the key moments for me was nearly, I think it was like the 79th minute yeah. and um, one of the, Labe was injured. Labe, Labe was injured earlier on in the game by 20 minutes before the end. Maybe even 30 minutes before the end. And Argentina had it won. It was in the bag and he was counter-rooking. He was smashing a rook that Ireland, and he just wanted to prevent Ireland getting any score on the board. board. And it was when they took the quick penalty. Yeah. And that for me epitomised the Argentinian mentality because they did not give a centimetre, let alone an inch. And every impact. And I remember, like, Joe Schmidt talks about stuff like body shape going into the tackle. And Henderson was probably, arguably, one of Ireland's best ball carriers in in the World Cup. He went into one. He he got tackled sideways by the, the Argentinian number 8. He got put into a, an awkward position. And straight in, Argentina got a turnover. And that hadn't happened to Henderson. And you could see it in his eyes afterwards. He's kind of going, well, I hell? haven't been hit like that before.
0: Does that kind of intensity for Argentina come from their time in the rugby championship they've been in since 2012 and it has no doubt not only improved them but also as Liam Tolan told off the ball yesterday has changed their mindset
4: Well it's like there's a term called the Goldilocks effect where you have this coming together of perfect situation perfect scenarios and you have that so that they're playing against the best the only thing you can do if your mindset's right is get better when you play with the best and then they have these players like Imoff and imoff You know, we've talked about Imhoff before, Oisin, in the French League. He is one of the unseen talents, under-discovered talents. He was immense yesterday. And the interplay, remember the offload from Lobby to to Imhoff for this try? Just fantastic stuff. And they're going for that soft shoulder all the time. But they also have the time to. And Ireland didn't have the time because Argentina took the space all the time, intensively. And... That, that's the thing, like, you know, we saw Henshaw as well. Like, he wasn't used to having that little time on the ball. The players weren't used to having that little time on the ball. And in contrast, Argentinians seemed to have an age on the ball. And that was just the way they came en masse and throughout the entire team. And they were lucky, yes, a couple of times not to get yellow cards, and they did get yellow carded. And that happens with that intensity because you're living on the edge. Our line speed was particularly slow yesterday. Why was that? Well there's a couple of things, I, I was thinking about this um, pre-World Cup, you know when did Gordon Darcy retired after Dricko having retired as well, people were talking about oh we're, we're naive defensively, I remember in the last Six Nations people talked about this and we were exposed a couple of times, it was Henshaw and Payne I think and um, we were exposed in the centres quite a bit in the early days and then it got shored up a bit and Payne kind of got the plaudits for that. And, and yesterday, we were, we were exposed a lot in those kind of areas. And, and there was, you know, two of the tries, the first try in particular, should have never been scored. There was no space there. And the Argentinians got through with the eye of a needle. And that they created space. Like, we were naive defensively there. Like, if, if you actually broke that down, and I'm sure Joe Schmidt will have a moment about this, because the, 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 we had numbers. We actually had numbers in the back line. Players weren't pushed, the communication wasn't there. You could see they weren't talking to each other. And they got done, they got flat-footed. I think it was Dave Kearney and Rob Kearney. Uh, and they got flat, flat-footed and beaten in, in a place where they should never have been. And that that all comes from the inside. And if you, one of the key things uh, O'Driscoll and Darcy brought was that communication. They just non-stop talked to guys, pushing them into the, into positions. They were like coaches on the pitch. And that takes time to mature that within a team. And Argentina had that, we didn't.
0: Where is, and I know this is a very reactive and broad question, where is Irish rugby at now? Because we've never got past a final In a competition that's kind of structured in our favour, we essentially have a bye into the last eight if we don't get a tough group like England did. So we were always going to beat Italy, always going to beat Canada, always going to beat Romania, and we beat France, who we've seen were, were very poor. So what do we do to change this? Because uh, from what people are saying, Argentina got better because they play in the rugby championship. And we can't do that. We can't just go, right, you know what, salt the Six Nations, let's go to the rugby championship. That will improve us. The Six Nations is the Six Nations. And we all kind of play very similar styles. So it'll be hard for us to improve. So do the home nations now look, along with France, and say, this is what we have to do? Do you think that will happen, even if it doesn't happen... Co- collectively even if they don't actually come together and say it that subconsciously they'll all know it and they'll have to do it
4: Yeah like I, it's a really good point because um, you you are sometimes you get better with the opposition you're around mm. you know players kind of get out, out of depth at the start and then they react or they don't but a, a lot do if they have the right mindset and we need to be in Steeper competitions, harder competitions, and we've won a lot. Ireland, Ireland's in a great place, and you have to. But in different style field.
0: competitions, maybe because the Six it's, Nations is intense,
4: but the style is very different. Exactly, and and I I remember even back when when rugby went professional, it was the Super Twelve. It was called in in the Southern Hemisphere, and we all looked on it with awe. And and you know there was a, there was an absence of defense, but it was all about attack. And um, it was a totally different type of of play than than we played in Europe, and that it took a long time to get near that. And and you know, we're we were always behind. Like we're we're behind definitely in Europe compared to the to the Southern Hemisphere. And we will have victories. Of course we will have famous victories where you know the opposition don't turn up, etc. But they were always and it takes a long time to close that gap. And one of the best ways to close the gap is consistently play against the best. And we we unfortunately we don't. It's getting better now and, and South Africa and New Zealand will say European clubs with their big budgets are taking all our players, and that's stripping the talent back there. But they keep replacing that talent. It's like a conveyor belt of yep. talent. Um And there's another thing. I, I like, and this will be controversial enough, thought, but it t- dawned on me during the the World Cup and New Zealand's kind of mindset is that so many of those players are are everyman. You know that they they're not just from the private schools. They're they're actually guys from the country, farmers, etc. Mm. And that. Brings a certain grit, um, you know. They don't have certain luxuries, here, you know, they're not mollycoddled in any way. And I'm not they're hungry. Si- I'm, there's, a, there's a different it's the type rocky of hunger. Syndrome. Different, yeah. There's a different type of Rocky gets mindset. rich in
0: Rocky Three at the start. He's not the same fighter. He goes back to his roots. He comes back to being Rocky. I know it's, it's, it seems ridiculous, but no, it's, it's, it's not. You know. It's
4: not. It's not. There's a, a huge part of that to play, and and you can see it in those in in the New Zealanders. Um, there's a grit and a kind of determination that's there. That that's that. It can be the edge, and it might be one percent of the difference, but yeah. that can make all the difference.
0: Um, Italy must look at Argentina and say, "How did we not improve when we went into a big competition?" And they've been in the Six Nations a lot longer than Argentina have been in the Rugby Championship.
4: Yeah, look, I I think it's about um, you know, and again, it's it's a it's a debatable one. Is your your population, your rugby playing population, yeah. and. Um, a lot of the Italian, there just doesn't seem to be a massive amount of yeah. great Italian players. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's I don't know what status rugby is in, in in Italy, but it's it's just not there. That kind of, like, I, I remember here, here's the difference, right? I remember the French teams, the French clubs have scouts consistently in Argentina. So they're watching all the clubs and they're taking the best players, bringing them over, starting them off on very low wages. And getting them in on five-year contracts, and actually, the, the, the UK clubs have started doing this as well. So they actually see it as a money generator, and then right. they'll sell them on eventually in a few years, kind of like soccer. Yeah. Um. But that doesn't happen in in Italy, mm-hmm. because there's not that kind of, there's not not that much players coming yeah. through the, the system like that. So that's a huge point. It's it's all you know. Your grassroots has a massive uh, a massive part to play, and in fairness, to the Irfu they are starting to to. To, and they have for a long time looked to the youth game to, to expand into into GAA players to try and yeah. get more players from that from those systems to think about rugby
0: just before i let you go there will be a southern hemisphere winner as there was in 07 as there was in 11 as there will be in 2015 who do you think it will be and why
4: well i think i think that new zealand um and it's not it's you know that's everybody kind of go that's an easy choice but haven't seen the way South Africa played and, and South Africa were lucky you know we, we saw that they were lucky to get through in the first place and they probably got the kick that they needed to kind of kick start them but New Zealand just in every aspect of the play defence the counter attack their intensity and um, and just that interplay between forwards and backs and the depth on the bench as well I mean look, look at the depth they have they, and, and it's something that the other clubs don't have the luxury of that depth and they've always rotated the teams like that um, that I, I think it's an inevitable winner like unless they beat themselves um, and and their mentality fails I can't see them not winning
0: Okay Aidan McCullen formerly of Toulouse Leinster and Ireland thanks for joining us on the Rewind on News Talk Thank you Football now in the Premier League and international soccer. Former Chelsea and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan joins us. Paddy, uh, we'll start with Ireland. They've drawn Bosnia Herzegovina in the playoffs. The first leg is away on the 13th of November. That's a Friday. Then we host them on the 16th. Uh, happy enough with the draw? I
5: I, I will be if, if if Ireland over the two legs uh, take care of Bosnia Herzegovina, uh, but that I'm not I'm not too sure of. Uh, what we what we see on, on paper doesn't always uh transpire that it's going to be a, a bit of a handy one because uh, Ireland have avoided the likes of Sweden and, and the Ukraine. I watched Ukraine there last week against uh, Spain and it was just as well that they avoided them because they're they're a very very fine side at least they were against the Spanish the other night. But I mean Ireland will go will go uh, to Bosnia Herzegovina without Walters and without O'Shea and they're two very important players for Martin O'Neill and he's hoping that none of his more important players, as well, get injured in the, in the meantime. Shane Long is out also at, at the minute, and it'll be in, in, interesting to see if, if he's going to be fit for the for the for the game over in Bosnia Herzegovina. But look, at least at least they're in there, and they're they're in there with a shout. And um, depending on on what way he sets his team up away from home, I would like to think that he'd set them up that they're they're going to hit uh, the Bosnians on on the break and and um, and go go maybe a little bit defensively because we I don't think that the quality is there to go on and 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 go all out, out attack um so it's going to be it'll be it'll be an interesting two games but they they are um well capable but they'll have to play to the very maximum of their ability in both games I think and can they turn that around from 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 a, from a friday to a monday uh, we'll we'll see the first game will tell will tell us a lot
0: Raf Diallo of team 33 and off the ball you've been examining Some of the standout players from Bosnia. And they have three guys, I guess, that really jump off the page team sheet-wise.
6: Yeah, there'll definitely be three. I think uh, Edin Dzeko is somebody we all all know from playing for Manchester City for the last uh, few years now, obviously on loan at Roma. Um, One of the, at his best, one of the best strikers in the world. I'd, again, you throw in terms like world class and how you define that, but uh, you know if you're going to use a broad definition, he'd be one of those type of players that would fit in, maybe just a level below someone like Lewandowski who cost us in the last game, and then obviously Miralem Pjanic, who uh, you know he's been playing for Roma for the last few years, and uh, this season he's actually been pretty impressive for them, even though they as a team haven't always lived up to expectations. But he scored four goals already from seven. he's a midfielder, kind of a playmaker and uh, you'd imagine if uh, with the way that Eamon Dunphy kind of goes on about Wes Houlihan, if we had a p- if Pjanic was Irish, I don't really want to imagine what we'd be hearing on the TV, but he's a he's an he's a you know, he's a hugely talented player. He's better than any midfielder we have and then the goalkeeper is currently Chelsea's number 1, um Asmir Begovic. So they've a good spine. But if you look at the rest of the team, it's not uh, it's not something that would blow you away. But those three more so than anything else, particularly the first two that I mentioned, Pjanic and Dzeko. Yeah, Poland wouldn't blow and you away either.
5: In the no, indeed, but yeah, they had uh, Lewandowski, you know, so then, and and uh, the, the, uh the, the Herzegovina have got uh, Panic and they've got Jekko. Uh, Jekko on his day can be excellent he's a very very frustrating player I, I find but on his day he's liable to cause an awful lot of damage so it's going to, he's going to take a little bit of looking after along yeah, with Panic really well.
6: in the qualifiers and he has I think 40 odd international goals as well so he's, I think
5: he scored 7 out of the last 7 I think off like the top that, yeah. of my head I think yeah, it's something he's, uh, something ridiculous like that which is which is good going yeah.
0: I've seen it suggested that Damien Delaney should get the call in the absence of uh, John O'Shea obviously he's suspended for the first leg what do you make of that?
5: Well, does Damien Delaney want to play? That's the first question. Whether we have to, we have to ask. From what I, from what I can gather, and I stand to be corrected on this, I think that Damien Delaney d- d- doesn't want to play. Uh, I don't on, think this, that
0: he he doesn't want to play. Rapples, under
5: this current just, setup, well, is it? I
6: think he released a statement on Instagram. Um, when it was it? Uh, two months ago or so. And I think it was more to do with he's never really been considered. He's 34 now. You know, he's been playing in the Premier League with Crystal Palace for for the uh, since they since they came up and he's never really had a run with the Ireland team at all. And I think that was born out of that frustration anyway, reading between yeah. the lines and who knows, maybe
0: if I think that the, the crux of his statement was, you know what, we need to develop players. And yeah. I'm kind of a bit part player and there's no point in having a bit part thirty four year old.
5: Hmm. and 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 and, and that will be actually a lot to be admired oh yeah and and, and and there'll be an awful lot to be, be said for that because he, he's, he's he's looking to the future he, he knows that he's not going to last forever um i would have liked to see him stay in the squad yeah um and but of course that that hasn't happened but i can understand it can be very frustrating if you're not getting getting game time and and you're you're, you're just a squad member all of the time and and uh, that's where it's, maybe that's where where the where the crux is but i can see martin o'neill bring him back in for, for the for for these particular games, no matter what situation John O'Shea is in, yeah, I, just, I just think, I just I just can't the man say for it. That job. No, I don't think so. I I think it would be very unfair to the rest of the squad who have been who have been there now for the past while, and and to bring somebody in like that. Like I I, I didn't uh, I wouldn't agree with uh, bringing Shea Given back in either. Um. Uh. I thought that Ford was the man to to go and uh take. Uh, uh, keep his place now. Randolph has jumped o- jumped over over uh, Ford. Ford has done nothing wrong in, in the Irish in the Irish jersey. Uh, but look at that's the way the Martin O'Neill operates. Now maybe he might surprise all and bring uh, Damien Delaney back, but I, I wouldn't be in, I wouldn't be in favour of it.
0: Okay, let's talk about the Premier League. Raph apparently liverpool were the first team to run further than spurs this season did we see uh, <laughs> did we see gegen pressing from yeah we weekend. yeah we i definitely
6: yeah. saw it in the first half they were yeah. definitely pressing tottenham's back line yeah. uh, but they definitely ran out <laughs> they ran out they ran Hilarious. out yeah <laughs> they'll all
5: be going to rio now for the for for the, for the olympic games now uh, next year it's unbelievable yeah and the game of football forget about that you can control a ball pass a ball oh score goals head it no forget about that once you can run box to box oh you, you're you're a wonderful player
6: yeah I think that's where it kind of Mesut tends to get hammered and then when the numbers show he actually does run around a bit more nah. it just depends where he's actually running around in circles yeah. mainly <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah they definitely uh, they press Tottenham back line Origi um, Coutinho Lalana kind of pressing high but they the, the thing they're going to find it's a high energy system so it it, there's a there's a great opportunity to kind of build up fatigue and uh, that could well happen and you could see it in that game as well. They kind of they fell back a bit and I think people forget as well. Tottenham played okay. They you know they played reasonably well as well and they had like Harry Kane had one or two chances where you know had he put them away then you're kind of wondering where's Liverpool's inspiration coming from because as much as they did press Joe Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it looks slightly different now with a I think it was the beard. With the and beard yeah, and, a beard and, and, and a mop of hair. Yeah. But yeah. uh throw back yeah. to the fifties. Sixties. The one thing missing from Liverpool, that didn't seem to have that link between the forward line and the balls coming in from midfield is and I think that might be just the fact they were exhausted as well.
0: Yeah, what about Liverpool? Did you notice any marked improvement, or did they just work harder?
5: No, no, they, they uh, as as Raph just said, they just they just ran further than Spurs did. That was all, and, and, and put Spurs under immense pressure for the first. I think for about the first twenty eight minutes, um, Spurs hardly got out of their half, and and Liverpool had a great chance to go ahead. But Origi that who, who hit the hit the crossbar, ball came down, hit off of of, um, and could have gone any place and and, and missed out on on uh, Origi to go and get to get a touch out and also Skirtle at the, at the back post but you know Harry Kane uh, Spurs were unlucky maybe not to have scored two goals just before half time as well when they came back into the game but look at it, you, you you couldn't you couldn't judge Klopp on on, on one game and you couldn't judge the way that Liverpool have played in one game this is going to be unfortunately uh, for for Liverpool fans it's going to be another uh, three year um project he hasn't used the word project thank god he hasn't used that anyway but um, and it's gonna it's going to be a long, hard grinding road. there's no there's no two ways about that and he's, there's going to be lots of changes I think in that Liverpool team because some of these players would not be up up to the mark. First of all, they'll get them working very hard, which he did. At least they didn't concede a goal. That's a plus point for Liverpool. That's the, I think it's the first game in about eight that they haven't conceded something or they normally concede something daft and, and they haven't done that. and they look more solid. Um, and they will always look more solid when, when they play a normal back four. Uh, it's when Liverpool start playing uh, three at the back, and, and and with Brendan Rodgers, and now they want to be all courageous and adventurous and, and stupidly adventurous on occasions. So that's that's when they were getting themselves in, into problems. But they looked they looked a lot more solid. And Mignolet took off one or two half decent saves, but he is a, he Mignolet is a good shot stopper. He lets himself down is on on the crosses. That's where he's, he's flapping all over the place. But he had shot stopping, Excellent. took off one one smashing save in the first half to tip around the the right hand right hand uh, post.
6: Yeah, um, and I suppose that in terms of in terms of progress, anyway. Look, it as you said, it is sol- It was a solid start. The only thing, as I said as well, there's that gap. Where, like in terms of like maybe they need a number ten or a, a player like that. Because Coutinho kind of disappeared as well. There was a point in the second half I'd forgotten he was on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's just down to the fact he was tired from having to chase. No, Coutinho,
5: to the Coutinho, is always like that, as far as I am concerned, Raf. Because I, I've, I've, I've I've seen him so often over the past few years, and yes, he can, he can, he can do something wonderful and, and score some 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 cracking goals. But his his work rate and he doesn't see the pass. He always wants to get on the ball, which is great. But he's dribbling into no man's land, and he always wants to take it. For me, he always wants to take a little bit too much out of the ball. He doesn't see the first ball said On occasion, he should before the ball comes to him, you should know where you're going to play the ball to. He doesn't. He just wants to uh, get control of the ball, then start on a maze, and then doesn't know where it's going to get him. Whereas he'd be better off getting it and laying it off, and then making another angle for himself and get the return ball and build up play like that. But he, he doesn't he doesn't do that. Now, if, uh, uh, I should imagine that Klopp will, will will see this and he'll try and 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 adjust, uh Coutinho's game to the way that he wants continue to operate, because there there are numerous games that have seen continue just fade out of the game. And then he he shakes his head. Then when he's been taken off, but he would have done nothing for maybe twenty five minutes. Well, a midfield just can't go. You can't go missing in midfield. That's the engine room of the team. If you've got no midfield, you've got no balance. You've got no team. The, the, the forwards aren't, aren't getting any service, and and the and the defenders aren't getting any help either. Uh, for when they get on the ball to go and find somebody. So that that, that was sadly lacking. Lucas is is uh, uh, will, will will give you everything that he's got, but it's limited.
0: United got the win they were craving over the weekend beating Everton 3-0 away from home at Goodison Park Schneiderland, Herrera and uh, Rooney with the goals Louis van Gaal said last week or two weeks ago whatever it was against Arsenal they weren't good enough and that the coaching wasn't good enough and the players weren't good enough and they need to up it and they certainly did for this game and it's a it's a big week for them because they're uh, playing in the Champions League uh, during the week away to CSK Moscow then uh, on Sunday next live and off the ball it's the Manchester Derby
5: and that'll sort the men out from the boys I can assure you because it, it was men against boys um, last Saturday because uh, Everton at Goodison Park were absolutely appalling as they were against Liverpool uh, two weeks previously um, they brought nothing uh, to the game which, which I, was, I, was, I was amazed at mm-hmm. because normally at Goodison Park they're flying and especially against Man United they've had some half decent results against United I remember a few years back when, uh, when Ferguson was the man I think they beat them 3-1 Everton and it was a magnificent night and two seasons ago on a Monday night first game of the season they beat them 1-0 at uh, and Fellaini, I think, got the goal, and and uh, they 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 were outstanding, but nothing. I mean, their 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 work ethic last last Saturday was absolutely dreadful. Uh, they never closed people down. Seamus Coleman had an absolute disaster at right back, just couldn't defend all afternoon. Jackie Elka at, at centre back, well, uh, epitomised the, the third goal for United epitomised his day because he he just gave it straight to to. Uh, I think it was Herrera, and Herrera just played Rooney through, and Rooney Rooney finished it uh, brilliantly. But Rooney was helped by Tim Howard, who ended up on the on the ground before Rooney ever, even even touched the ball. So he made it very easy for Wayne Rooney. But it was good that Wayne Rooney got the goal. But United were were in second gear, and they just they just strolled through it. It was it was a very very easy uh, victory for Man United. I thought so anyway.
6: Speaking of Rooney, though, it was just interesting. He wasn't exactly dropping back that often. There were the amount of times he actually ran in behind the defense, and I think that must probably be the way to go, particularly if he's playing in that lone striker role.
5: Yeah, there was a time when Rooney would be all over the pitch, you know, and he'd still he still make it up to 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 uh, the the striking role. But that day, I think is is gone and has been gone for a few years. That he does he doesn't close people down the way that he used to close when 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 United didn't have the ball. He's not doing any of that. So maybe he's getting maybe he's a little bit more sensible. I just think that. He's still not hitting anything like the form that 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 uh, that made him such such a such a smashing player to go and watch. And certainly in the past three seasons at United, I don't think that Rooney has been as good as as what people me, me, make make him out to be. Um, yeah, yes, yes, he is a very fine player, but he he needs to be playing at the peak of his powers. And he hasn't, he hasn't been doing that and he needs to be getting back and closing people down because he's still only a young man. I know he's played a lot of football. He's he's, he's in the premiership so uh, since he was 16 years of age. So that's that's 13 years that he's been playing and that is a long, long time. Um, and he's been messed about a bit at Man United, playing wide in the left, playing wide in the right and, and uh, playing back in midfield and going all over the place. But he, he's he's a natural for 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 sorting out positions for himself. So I'd, if I were Van Halle I'd just let him let him go and do his own stuff, and and because he will he will have a, he has an eye for goal, and he, he will get he will get your goals. It's his general play that that I'm concerned about, that he doesn't close the people down, he doesn't make himself available, and sometimes the service from the back is far too slow at Man United. Anyway, everything is everything is back and square, and uh, he makes a run, and then he has to readjust and make another run. Uh, and then he goes and makes another run, and the ball still hasn't arrived to him. You know, strikers like him, they need the ball quickly, and 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 midfielders and defenders should know, get it in there to him, and let him hold it up and bring people into play.
0: Now we've talked about the Champions League and United having a big game this week. Arsenal have a massive game; they're at home to Bayern Munich. And as if we haven't seen enough of Robert Lewandowski, he'll be starting for them. He's already scored twelve uh, in the Bundesliga this uh, this season. They're they're not seven points. Uh, ahead of Borussia Dortmund there In first after nine games So Bayern Munich very much in form Oh
5: very much so and they're, they're, I mean they're, they're they're a smashing team And I would expect that Arsenal Will have it all to do to, uh, uh, tomorrow night um, I can't see Arsenal winning But with Bayern Munich these days They always give you a little bit of a chance uh, To get back in there And depending again Unfortunately we keep saying this about Arsenal Depending which Arsenal show up If Arsenal The Arsenal that, that, that blitzed United In the first 10-15 minutes a few weeks ago at the Emirates, if they show up, well then Bayern are in for a, for, a, for a hectic night. But if if the Arsenal that, that showed up at Watford last last uh, Saturday in in the fourth half, if that's the, if that's the Arsenal that we're going to look at, well then Bayern m- might not be too concerned. Um, but seeing as Arsenal, I've um, got to go and win this match. It nearly take them just to, to get themselves out 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 of out of, out of, a, out of, out of a bit of a mess
6: it wouldn't be the end of the world though if uh, obviously they would they'd love to stay in Europe but if they were to go out and maybe concentrate on the league because sometimes you kind of look back at previous seasons and the size of their squad maybe you know fighting on two or three fronts isn't really within their capability so maybe if mm-hmm. they if the if this is the year they're going to do it especially with Chelsea a little bit out of the picture you know maybe yeah. Sometimes fighting mind.
5: on one front doesn't suit Arsenal. <laughs> no, that's, a, that, that's another problem that Wenger that would have. I, I would always be of the opinion, Raf, that that stay in every competition for as long as you can. Build up the confidence because if, when you keep winning games, it's a wonderful confidence booster. And also, you're training less. You're playing more games and that's what really players uh, really like to do. Go and play the games. Forget about the training. You've done all your hard graft in, 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 in July, which are pre-seasons. So that, that should set you up for the season. And and then go from there. Uh, get get your get your game time, and and you could be in business. So I I I I wouldn't see that as being. A, a, I wouldn't see that for Arsenal as being the way to go. Yeah. Because they they, are the type of team that that can f- even fall away in the Premiership, even though they're, they're right up there now at the moment. But you just you just have I just have that concern about them that if if things don't go right, that I mean, Jack Wilshere is still out injured. Um, Ramsey for all his talents sometimes can be a bit of a waste Ozil as well um, and you just you, you just don't know when these fellas are, are, are going to uh, uh, blow really cold and then Arsenal are all over the place even Cazorla on occasions is, is a magnificent player as well um, when 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 he's when, when he's doing it but when when he, when he starts getting lazy and thinks oh, no, this is easy for us that's when they that's when they start causing problems for themselves and again at the back they're still not the greatest either
0: Okay, Paddy Mulligan and Raf Diallo, thanks for joining us on the rewind here on News Talk. Thank you.
5: Thank you very much.
0: GAA now, in several county finals were played across the country uh, over the weekend. After losing two finals in a row, Sarsfields are finally the Kildare champions again, following a 17 points to 112 win over a thigh. Ray Cahill scoring nine points for the sash, who survived having a man sent off. After the game, captain Sean Campbell spoke to KFM's
7: Key and Mead about their late rally. to claim victory. Even ten minutes ago I looked up and I was like, Oh Jesus, is not another earlier of this. But the lads, in fairness, it shows the heart that's in the team. Like there's some bunch of lads and I couldn't be proud to be captain of a team like this. Like they, they keep digging in and digging in and they they just proved the doubters wrong the whole time. You know, they're getting doubted all here. Just proved them wrong and I couldn't be happy like myself as captain, well, I'm happy for them boys. They just deserve every bit of it. But you did your captain's part as well, because you went up and scored a point to, to to bring you in there again. Yeah, what's rare is wonderful, <laughs> I suppose, ain't it? Um yeah, well, that's it, Like I just got a bit of space in front of me, and sure, well, I used to spend the fours out know, to be honest with you, but it's been supposed to be in the highest since I've done it. <laughs> we weren't really playing to our, to our potential during the half, and like, we just went in and we knew it, like we are letting each, ourselves down, and we just, we just knew that we had to pick up the game, like, we, because we've been in that situation too many times before, like where county finals just slip by us, so maybe that, if we were taking the bright side out of the last two county finals, maybe that is what kind of inspired us, we knew what it's like, and we knew how to get there in the end. So, well, that was pretty. It that happened at half time. It was a tough game. A lot of niggles in it. Uh, a lot of argy bargy at times, and one sending off. That's it. Like it happens. That's, that's the county final. Like the, the the heat of the moment gets to some lads, and that's it. Like and I mean, it was it was an alright game. It was a fair game, though. Like it, maybe one dirty slap in the butcher. That happens. That's it. There might be a bit of a celebration tonight. Oh, geez, it <laughs> to <There are laughs> be plane <laughs> everywhere Don't worry about that <laughs> and Sarsfields will meet Palatine
0: of Carlo or Port or emo in the provincial championship emo and Port will meet again next Saturday in the leash final after a 15 points to two nine draw in Port but what about emo's forward Mick Lawler at the age of 42 scoring two goals we'll hear from his manager Pat Ryan in just a moment but first the description of Lawler's goal Well one of them anyway with Midlands 103 commentator. Jack Nolan.
8: Three minutes into the second half and Mickey Lawler goes. What a brilliant ball inside. What a finish to the back of the net. Mickey Lawler paying his way. And uh, we went ahead and uh, what about Mickey Lawler, you know? Oh, I just had to go to uh, your counterpart, Maliki McNulty and he just talking about Mickey Lawler. What a footballer he says. <laughs> I suppose in fairness, like, Mickey Lawler has probably been uh, one of the finest footballers ever um, played football in a moor park and represented Leash the world of brain and his passion and desire to play football still is evident in what he did today, it's mirrored out there in his whole performance today was his he But he didn't have to run, he didn't have to go look for it, Just to use the brain to let the ball come to him Said you know, <laughs> this goes to show you like um, Bra- brains is a wonderful thing and Mick has them in abundance What, what, what support there from him? That support, it, that brings everything everything here you know what I mean and at the end of the day when you get a rural club like Emo, who have unreal desire to play in the top flight, and you take the financial burden that they have bringing players to and from England, to and from Australia, trying and trying just to make sure that uh, Emo's catered for in every possible manner, and then to come this year all the way to a county final and bring probably one of the finest teams ever to come out of a leash, to a draw match first testament to the club itself you know.
0: In Cork Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven will have to meet again next Sunday at 3.30 They tied 10 points all Here's Nemo selector Colin Corkery but first Castlehaven selector and coach James McCarthy speaking with C103 uh,
8: Draws I suppose are the worst result going but I suppose both, both teams would, would take a draw At the end there I suppose both sides had chances and, and didn't take them but look we're we're happy, not happy with our performance, but we're happy to be out again uh, in, the, in the replay.
3: There's obviously a number of reasons, James, that she wouldn't be happy with the performance. Like they completely bossed the first, the start of the first half, the start of the second half, and then nine wides in the first half. Yeah, uh,
8: we weren't happy with our start, and again they they started well again in the second half. Uh, lost our composure a bit. I, I suppose we were doing things that we usually wouldn't do, but look. That that's that's credit to Niamon. That's why they are one of the best teams in Ireland. You know, but I suppose we'll take the draw. You know, either side could have had a chance at the end there, and and they could have won it with a goal chance above. So, you know, we're happy enough for the draw. They kicked it a lot uh, wide in the first half, and I say if they kicked a few, them we might have been in trouble a bit. But um, you know, hanging in there, seven five down at half time. um, We knew we were kind of in the game, kind of would try to get a good start. The second half, which we did and obviously trying to maintain it. Um a lot of tired bodies out there towards the end, but, um, you know, again, you know, in fairness to they stuck at it, you know.
0: In Roscommon, Clannagail overcame Patrick Pierce's 1-9 to 11 points. Newcastle West beat drum Broadford in the Limerick final, and Scotstown beat Monaghan Harps in their final. Clonmel Commercials are Tip champions following a 1-12 to 3-5 win over Moyle Rovers, and Nave Connell overcame St. Eunan's in the Donegal final, 11 points to 10, a third title for Nave Connell, despite the fact that 17-year-old sub Ewan McGettigan was sent off nearly as soon as he was sent on. Captain and man of the match, Leo McLoone, scored a point in that game. Afterwards, he spoke to Highland Radio.
1: Words can't describe me, hey, the feeling we have here now, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and a strange, strange kind of a game, uh, really cat and mouse in the first half, wasn't it? Ah, uh, it was... It was point for point in the first half, you know, and it was really tight. And when you would half time, we were facing an uphill battle, you know, and thankfully the boys, especially the subs that came on today, just showed the true grit we had here and held on with 14 men. Yeah, well, you know, you said the second half you were hoping for things to go well for you. At, at the start, they didn't go all that well for you. Oh, and we're in just on, sent off, then you had a goal just allowed. Yeah, it's true. It was. Bad luck there in Peron, you know, but thankfully the boys all rode in and, and we won it, you know, and it, it made it easier for him. We're just uh no, it was just one of those days, yeah, a bit of bad luck, but you know if you keep plowing on through, hey, th- you'll get the luck and thankfully we plowed on and showed him a the true spirit that we had and as a very good St. Unan's team it's, and it had how hard to lift yourselves after that after home been sent off down to four team in against St. Unan's, especially the way they were playing and as I said then to to see to lose the goal. Yeah, well, that's it. I suppose it. the men coming off the bench eh, give us a great lift to eh, see some of them faces, you know, that could be in starting any other day, like, you know, and seeing them men come on and give us an extra lift. And so many men stepped up to the mark for us today. You know, it wasn't, I'm just taking this uh, man of the match trophy like, but, you know, every man stepped up to the mark and there was 15 or even 23 men there that, that stepped up today. And thankfully yeah. we, we got the cup as a reward, you yeah. know, Tom. Make
0: this is the Rewind on News Talk. We're talking GAA. In a few moments, we'll be moving on to UFC. In Dublin, St. Vincent set up a semi-final with Nafina next week with a two twenty-one to two eleven win over Lucan Sarsfields in their quarterfinal. In the other semi-final, Ballyboden St. Endes will take on Clantarf after wins over St. Oliver Plunkett's own row and St. Anne's, respectively. Let's hear now from former Dublin boss and current Nafina manager Pillar Caffrey on beating St. Jude's in their quarterfinal 1-9 to 7 points the final score
9: yeah look young nafina team um, showed a lot of maturity out there uh, thank you um you know we've had a bad start anytime we played judes previously and i think the players themselves are very focused today and having a good start um they gave themselves a four nil lead and really um you know play a lot of good football um so very pleased with the maturity shown by a young team there was long periods where you didn't get scores did you do enough with possession in your opinion well, look, at the end of the day, you get to a final, We haven't been there in a few years. Um, you know, at times you would have liked them to push on a little bit more, but um, they're decision makers out in the field. Um, you know, we have a bad record uh, against Jude's over the last number of years, and uh, this is a big win for this group of theirs. That goal was the big turning point. That kind of made it safe. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say I, 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 I thought we, we, we handled holding the lead quite well all through um, you know i didn't feel very nervous at any stage um, and you know these guys have matured a lot over the last two years uh, so look we're, we're in the top
0: we're in the semifinals now we, we, we'll see what, what lies ahead of us as you say nafina haven't been there for a while so do you think um the confidence will grow from that victory because as you say they looked a little bit nervy at times
7: today
9: well you know the, the average age of that team is 22 yeah. uh, I think they're the youngest team left in the competition um, so you can't put old head and young shoulders but uh, you know we've taken over since our second year you know they came through and won the league last year um, and they're maturing I think quite quickly um, this is new territory for them now so um, we look forward to see what awaits us in the draw. In
0: hurling, Bally Gunner made it back-to-back titles in Waterford overcoming Tallow 16 points to 12. It's a big win for Bally Gunner, who lost one of the club's favourite sons, Paul Foley in Recent weeks, so it's good to see a few smiles back on the faces of uh, Bally Gunner people today. St Mullins overcame former All Ireland finalist Mount Leinster Rangers in the Carlo decider, 114 to 10 points. Derry took the title in Offley, beating St Rhinos with a late flourish in that game. Kill overcoming Raharney in the Westmead decider. Uh, let's move on to UFC. On Saturday night, Dublin hosts a big card with Joe Duffy of Donegal taking on Dustin Poirier and Paddy Houlihan taking on Louis Smalke, who beat Neil Siri last time out. Daniel Kelly of Newstalk.com is with us. Dan, we're expecting a good night in Dublin on Saturday.
3: A very big night, Ocean. It's the third time the UFC has come to Dublin. It's the second time now in just over 12 months. And since the hype has sort of began in the last two years or so with Conor McGregor, it'll be the first time without him at the event. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what type of card is in store on Saturday night.
0: There was never an issue regards selling this one out, and there was never an issue interest wise. No. So what are we looking for if 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 that box has been ticked? I mean, what would make it a good night?
3: I think uh, what would make it a good night is if it matched up to the hype of last year, where all the Irish fighters won, and also Gunnar Nelson, who is uh, based in Dublin. So basically, every Irish fighter won on the night. Uh, Joe Duffy is the main event, of course. He's famously the last person to have defeated Conor McGregor and he seems to be sick and tired of talking about that but you can see from the way the UFC do things that there's a little narrative they're trying to build up here that if they can get Duffy to beat Dustin Poirier who is uh, a fighter that uh, McGregor has previously beaten in the UFC that even though Duffy and McGregor are in separate weights you can you can maybe see the two of them slowly coming together. Yeah.
0: What about the other cards, Paddy the Hooligan Hooligan.
3: Yeah, it's it's a weird one for Hooligan. He has been promoted to the co-main cool event with only a week, uh, with only a week's and a half notice. He was originally the first fight of the night on the main card, so sort of in the middle of the night he would have been coming on once the TV screens came on and people were watching. But there was a fight between Stipe myochich and Ben Rothwell, which would have probably been the fight of the night for neutrals. It was a fight between two top 10 heavyweight contenders. Neither of the wish. It would have been just a very good heavyweight fight, but uh, Miocic pulled out last week with an injury and it was too short a time to bring in Rothwell. So Hooligan moves up to the co-main cool event of the night and he faces Louis Smolka, who in his previous fight defeated another Dubliner, Neil series. So hopefully a win for Hoolan will push him up the flyweight rankings.
0: What about Carl Pendred? He's on the card. He needs a win, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, he does. Uh, Pendred has a very tough fight. He's the first Irish man on, uh, on the night. He's the third fight in the preliminary card. And he's against Tom Breeze, who is a Brit who has only fought once in the UFC, but he has an 8-0 record. He is unbeaten as a professional. So Pendred's performances recently in the UFC haven't been the strongest and... I do think he needs to win because if he doesn't, his UFC career may be in jeopardy.
0: Why haven't his performances been up to what he'd like standard-wise?
3: Well, it's hard for me to answer when he isn't sure himself. <laughs> he has said his his striking isn't uh, what he wants it to be. He has tried to take time off in the UFC uh, to forge a career in boxing just to try and get his striking stronger. But that hasn't turned out uh, to be the case the way he's wanted. His best fight... As a UFC fighter probably came in his first fight last year in Dublin when he lost the first two rounds pretty badly against his opponent and won with a third round knockout. His fights since then haven't been the greatest. They've been pretty boring affairs. A mixture of himself not trying to engage in his opponents. Uh, UFC is a a promotion where they want excitement. And even though Pendred has only lost once in the UFC, his fights haven't been the most exciting, sadly.
0: But he has had time to change that. He seems to have gone quiet since his last fight. He has.
3: So... In a way we don't really know what to expect from him but when you see him against an unbeaten fighter Breeze a lot of the Irish fans won't know what to expect from Breeze but with the home fans hopefully Penwood will be able to do it but he is against an unbeaten fighter and it doesn't matter who uh, who Breeze has fought in the past if you're unbeaten you have to be respected
0: All Irish wins last time Yes They were in Dublin Are we expecting the same this time around?
3: <laughs> Honestly probably not I, I'm not going to say who will win and who will lose but it was a fairy tale return for the UFC to Dublin the last time I was here we have fighters on this card who weren't there the last time Ashing Daly who watched the Dublin card from the Ultimate Fighter household last year when she was in Vegas uh, with the UFC she's fighting so it'll be great to see Daly it'll be, uh, she is against Arika Almeida from Brazil and it's the first ever female fight at a UFC card in Dublin so I suppose she is the she's the trailblazer for, for, for female MMA in Ireland so it's only fair that she would be on the card she would have been on it last year uh maybe if she joined the UFC a little earlier in her career, but as I said, she was in the uh, Ultimate Fighter household in Las Vegas. We've also Neil Siri fighting, as I mentioned, and Norman Park from uh, Antrim, Stormin Norman, as they call him. He was a uh, after the Miocic Rothwell uh, fight was cancelled. Park was pushed up to the co-main event, but was then pushed down in favor of Hoolihan. So Park is also in dire need of a win. He's coming off the back of two losses. His last win came in Dublin last year. So there are. Six fights on the card with Irish interest out of 11 and I think if they got four wins it would be a good night but I'm not going to say which way they will go
0: It is a sellout, so people mightn't be able to get there but it's no biggie because no, they'll be able to keep biggie. up with everything that's happening on Newstalk.com yes. forward slash sport
3: Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to have a live blog throughout the night and we will from, live from the Octagon side as they call it in the yes. UFC and we'll also have updates on Newstalk, on the Newstalk Sport Twitter account throughout the evening
0: Daniel Kelly thanks for joining us Thanks Oshin. Well that's it for this week Don't forget on Monday We'll have reaction from that UFC card And we'll reflect on the Manchester Derby Which is live on off the ball next Sunday We'll also have more from the county finals Going on across the country Until next week Goodbye
1: and The Irish players are on their knees And they're on their backs They are devastated Ireland have never conceded more points In a World Cup match
2: Once we were chasing the game I think at the end there was always the the potential for them to to get a couple of breakaway tries because they've a they've got such gifted players and b um, you know you tend to force things you overcommit in places you don't need to you chance your arm in
3: in positions that you wouldn't otherwise. I, feel like I think we probably just stood off them a little bit and we weren't as uh, intense and the line speed and as ruthless as we were last week. You know it's hard to know they took the tries pretty well but I think from us we'd be disappointed to to go down 17 points so quickly.
2: Building that scoreboard pressure allowed them a real lift in confidence and, and probably dented the confidence of, of our group. You know, some of whom they certainly weren't overawed by the occasion, but it was it, 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 it was a, a very, very big occasion for them and uh, it did make it difficult with uh, with the intensity they started with.
1: Absolute devastation for Ireland. Ireland battered pummeled by Argentina on the pitch and on the scoreboard.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously very disappointing to lose in such a big game. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't help ourselves at the start, but we, we fought back. We came back in it, um, you know, and, and we just uh, we gave ourselves too much at the start.